0: Welcome to the Dow of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss mystical works of literature and how they relate to recovery. We hope you enjoy today's podcast episode.
1: Hello, everyone. Buddy C. Welcome to the Dow of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. I see I have Tina and Marla and Kate and Craig and Rob and Scott today and Paul. We've got two visitors today. I'm glad to see Paul making it uh, back today. Since we changed the time, he hasn't been able to. And Rob, glad to have you, sir. I know this is an odd time for you. Today we're going to be talking about the pivot. There is no I. Also, guys, we're going to be starting a private Dow of Our Understanding Facebook group. So if you would like to join. We can talk about, continue the conversation, and post other recovery-related posts and conversations. Uh, Just look for the Dow of Our Understanding and search for that as a private group in Facebook, and you'll be able to find that. We're going to get that started this week. So have some good things there for you related to the podcast, and it's free. Okay, the pivot. Who would like to read for us? Y'all need me to put it up on the screen, or are y'all good with it? Anyone need the
2: screen?
3: Okay.
2: I can read if you want. Okay. The pivot. Dao is obscured when men understand only one of a pair of opposites or concentrate only on a partial aspect of being. Then clear expression also becomes muddled by mere wordplay, affirming this one aspect and denying all the rest. Hence the wrangling of Confucians and Mohists. Each denies what the other affirms and affirms what the other denies. What use is this struggle to set up, quote, no against, quote, yes, and yes against no? Better to abandon this hopeless effort and seek true light. There's nothing that cannot be seen from the standpoint of the not I. And there's nothing which cannot be seen from the standpoint of the I. If I begin by looking at anything from the viewpoint of the not I, then I do not really see it since it is not I that sees it. If I begin from where I am and see it as I see it, then it may also become possible for me to see it as another sees it. Hence the theory of reversal that opposites produce each other, depend on each other, and complement each other. However this may be, life is followed by death, death is followed by life. The possible becomes impossible, the impossible becomes possible, right turns into wrong and wrong into right. The flow of life alters circumstances, and thus things themselves are altered in their turn. But disputants continue to affirm and to deny the same things they've always affirmed and denied, ignoring the new aspects of reality presented by the change in conditions. Boy, is that relevant. The wise man, therefore, instead of trying to prove this or that point by logical disputation, sees all things in the light of direct intuition. He is not imprisoned by the limitations of the eye, For the viewpoint of direct intuition is that of both I and not I. Hence, he sees that on both sides of every argument, there's both right and wrong. He also sees that in the end, they are reducible to the same thing, once they are related to the pivot of Tao. When the wise man grasps his pivot, he is in the center of the circle, and there he stands while yes and no pursue each other around the circumference. The pivot of the Tao passes through the center where all affirmations and denials converge. He who grasps the pivot is at the still point from which all movements and oppositions can be seen in their right relationship. Hence he sees the limitless possibilities of both yes and no. Abandoning all thought of imposing a limit or taking sides, he rests in direct intuition. Therefore, I said, better to abandon disputation and seek the true light.
1: Thanks, Marla. I want to read, I want to read one other. Every
2: time I read something new. I, I, every time I read it, there's something new pops out. Very interesting. But go ahead. So,
1: I want to read a, another translation of this by Guy Fufeng and Jane English before we start talking about it. Then we'll go back and dive, look at it a little closer. If there is no other, there is no I. If there is no I, there is no one to perceive. This is close to the truth, but we do not know why. There must be some primal force, for we cannot discover any proof. I believe it acts, but I cannot see it. I can feel it, but it has no form. The hundred joints, nine openings, and six organs all function together. Which part do you prefer? Do you like them all equally, or do you have a favorite? Are they not all servants? Can they keep order among themselves, or do they take turns being masters and servants? It may be that there is indeed a true master. Whether I really feel his existence or not has nothing to do with the way it is. Once a man is given a body, it works naturally as long as it lasts. It carries on through hardship and ease, and like a galloping horse, nothing can stop it. Isn't it sad? All through life, one toils and sweats, never seeing any result. Weary and exhausted, he has no place to rest his bones. Isn't this a pity? One may say there is no death. What good does that do? When the body decays, so does the mind. Is this not a great sorrow? Is life really this absurd? Am I the only one who sees the absurdity? Don't others see it too? Comments?
2: Let's take it apart.
1: Let's do it. Let's go back to the other translation talking about the Tao is obscured when men understand only one pair of opposites or concentrate only on a partial aspect of being for me that is setting me up uh to be way out of balance
2: what do you mean
1: well yeah when you're because if i don't have if if i'm taking a hard opinion on something and and I focus on uh, – I can see this with life. I have this tendency to go all out and do one thing and do it a bunch and then go do something else and then something else <laughs> and not not have any kind of – are you there with me, Tina? Yeah, not any kind of real balance. Used to be really bad about it. I'd have a hobby, and I would want to do that hobby all the time. And then it would go to another hobby, and then it would go to another No balance, no balance at all. Um,
4: And I like
1: what he says in this. uh, uh, Then clear expression also becomes muddled by mere wordplay, affirming this one aspect and denying all the rest. Hence the wrangling of Confucians and Moists. Each denies what the other affirms and affirms what the other denies. What use is this to struggle, the struggle to set up no against yes and yes against no? Better to abandon this hopeless effort and seek true light. So it's a hopeless effort to continue this debate and this divisiveness, whatever it is that we're talking about.
2: If we don't debate, we don't get often... Don't get answers either. Sometimes debate does work.
1: It depends on what you're talking about, but give us a good. Uh, let, let's talk about a real example of that. What is something that would that it would be good to debate? Other than, but can we stay out of politics? If we can't, we let's do. Let's talk about. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> That's the only thing I can think of. It's, I'm we sorry. can look at it from an overview, yeah. though, without taking you know, without taking sides with it, without actual, I can see how at times with politics, if you, but this is the thing though, when you're talking about something, if you can come at it from an open mind and not have the conversation for me to make you right or wrong, and come at whatever it is that we're talking about open-mindedly, then that is different from what this is talking about, is you taking a side on everything, no open-mindedness, no no room to grow, no room to learn, that you already have your, that's how I used to approach everything. I had my mind made up, you weren't going to change my mind, and I was there to convince you I was right. Yes, Scott, no humility. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and that, that I really, it was a lot of ego, you know, and it was a lot of fear because I, I did not want to be wrong. I was not open to others' opinions. I'm more open now. But I, I think that's the kind of thing that it's wanting us to, to you know, so even if we have a discussion about something that's a heated topic like uh well, okay, <laughs> I got friends that think masks are ridiculous, okay i mean I've got some some of my far right friends, man, they think that it's a conspiracy I mean they've got all these far you know things that I can't buy into, but just because they think that doesn't mean we've got to argue about it. You know, I don't have to take a hard and fast that, you know, that I judge them based on their opinion with that. You know, I think that's a big part of this is is learning to be in the middle, no matter what it is that we're talking about. Rob, you have something?
2: It's asking to come from a, a not I position. Yeah. Or, or I position. If you're what looking it from an eye position, you've got all of your thoughts and your karmas and your views already set. Exactly. And, yeah, all right. Sorry, Rob. No.
4: Well, good. So practical is the other thing that we're not supposed to talk about, religion. I grew up in a group that uh, had very narrow uh, defined views, of course, they pulled it out of scripture, and they were they were ready to go to the wall um, fighting for it, and they used some scriptures out of context to to uh, back that and I used to debate um, I was the one i 'm the why guy, why, 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 uh, sometimes just just to get the other side of the argument because I was bored um what I found, and, and maybe somebody can dispute this, but um, when somebody goes jugular, um, their neck's tensing up, veins popping out of their forehead, their face is flush. Mine's just sunburned. Um, I, think, I think it's because at a core level, they're afraid that their position is wrong. Why else would they be upset? Now, they, they probably don't even realize this because everything, if it's not love, it's fear. Right. So it's work back. You know, it's either love or fear. So work back. So I think they're I think and even myself, when I'm getting jugular on something, I'm having since I've gotten into recovery and I'm starting to grow up, I'm, I'm having to sit and go, wait a minute, wait a minute. Why? And I really honestly think people that are mad or that go go to blows and are arguing, I think they're afraid they're wrong because if you are set in your view, viewpoint and you you're comfortable with it and you're open and you're kind of like well people have been debating on this particular issue for 2000 years or 5000 years maybe this is a gray and I know we're not supposed to have gray but I'm going li- to I'm going so for my sanity I'm going to believe this but I I might change my mind too you know if I get new circumstances or I just grow and change, But those people that we try to debate with, um, if they're in a position of fear, I think it's really dangerous to even go there. I think it's an act of futility to go there. Um, and all it's going to do for me is jeopardize my sobriety. This is a sobriety doubt thing still, right? <laughs> so <laughs> somewhere in the middle of all of this, i got to protect my number one mission, and that's sobriety. And if I get into it, and I've got plenty of these friends, and if, if I wanted to start something up, I, I could get something going in 30 seconds, share my screen, and let you guys watch the, the nastiness. Because i got friends that will still go to blows over the stupidest things. Baptizing three times, four, one time back. I mean, bring it up. Pick your poison. Wearing masks, not wearing masks, politics, whatever. And they all seem to be related because this group of friends of mine, they, they mix politics and religion, which is even worse. Um, so I don't know. I guess my point is one, I'm going to have to protect my sobriety too. I'm going to keep an open mind. And three, when I'm watching people get crazy, maybe I need to respect them, pull back and go, look, I, I don't, I don't want to put you in, I won't go as far as to say, I don't want to jeopardize your security and put you in a fear uh, but I might, I might just back off and go, this isn't worth it. Anyway, that's what I got. Yeah,
1: Rob, it says here, part of what uh, on toward the end of this, it says when the wise man grasps his pivot, he's in the center of the circle. And there he stands while yes and no pursue each other around the circumference. Okay. I think that's the the goal is for us to get out of that fight. We can have conversations without being in that cat claw round going all the time. You know, we don't have
4: to be in the middle of that. We still have to. Can I go as far as oh. to actually get some popcorn and a fizzy drink and kind of watch the show? Maybe not start it, but be uh, an observer the actually, that's the the whole point is to be the observer in life
1: because life is going to have people who are going to be divisive like that. We just don't have to participate in the divisiveness. We don't have to be disturbed anymore. And I think that's the whole point of this is to understand that, you know, my wife helped me with this when she said, you know, how important is this anyway? And I said, yeah, you're right. I said, this is not important. It's not even going to be important in an hour, much less a day or a month or a year. I said, you're right. It's not important. It's not important that you know I'm right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. She can she can stay wrong. It's okay. She can be wrong. But uh, as if that's really the case. But,
5: Greg, uh, what you got? I think I think with debates I only get involved in things if I, if I've got something to prove, and if my pride's if my pride's at stake, I, I won't admit I'm wrong. If my pride's at stake, I, I'll never I'll never back down from an argument. It's just male stubborn pride. Um, but I'm kind of at this. I'm, I'm at the stage now where I, I know what fights to get involved in, but I also know that I don't have to turn up to every single argument I'm invited to. I Have to step back and find out what I've got to benefit from getting involved in something. Do I have anything to get? In? Do I have anything to benefit apart from making myself look right, even though even though I might be wrong. So, um, but I, I checked that. Do you know what? I've got a regular Facebook feed? I didn't know this. Well, I, I did know this, but I've forgotten all about it because I've stayed away from it because of all the stuff that's going on in the world. Because I just cannot do with the negativity. And all the nonsense that's going on. I don't see why people are arguing about face masks. It's now it's now mandatory in the UK. And if you're on public transport or going into shops, you must wear a mask. And that's it. You know what, what? What is it to argue about? That's that's what's been that's what's been said. That's that's the law of the land. You know, we, we need to obey the law of the land. It's, it's done for a reason. So I think with some some things like that there is no debate. Um, but yeah, what, what, do, what do I have to benefit? What do I have to gain? That's really when I get involved in something is when I can see that I personally have something to gain. And I don't want to be in that position because you know, I, don't want to be, I don't want to be proving people wrong here. It's like but it says give everybody the right to be wrong once in a while. Well, this is the thing too, Craig.
1: I think in stopping that fight, getting in the middle there, and learning to observe it, like you were talking about, Rob, is the first step toward intuitive action. Because we're really surrendering the conversation. We're surrendering the situation by staying out of it, by not proving our opinion, by being open-minded and open-hearted. I think that's the first step toward that. If you look in that third paragraph, he says, if I begin looking at anything from the viewpoint of the not I then I do not really see it since I, since it is not I that sees it. If I begin from where I am and see it as I see it, then it may also become possible for me to see it as another sees it. So I think what he's saying is that when we open our heart enough to start seeing things as someone else sees it, then we start being open to be able to observe what's going on and see the right action to take because if we're so dead set on what we think we're not open for anything. Um, y'all just interrupt me when you have something, I'm going to keep an eye on the hand raises. Oh, Scott, go ahead.
6: Hey guys. Thanks for, for letting me be a part of this. Um, Now I'm only mostly an ego, but when I was totally an ego, um, I didn't, you couldn't be right. I think Rob was talking, because if you're right, that means I'm wrong and I can't be wrong. And it doesn't matter if it's politics or buying the right vacuum cleaner or, you know, what gas to put in the car. It doesn't matter. Those things didn't matter. But if I'm in the ego, then you can't be right because I am wrong and I'm not wrong. You're wrong. And I'm hearing, to me, I was really functioning out of fear, a fear in all of that, a fear of being wrong. Um, And also something that Craig touched on was, and maybe, buddy, you were sharing, I can't remember, but I need to have compassion with this. And if I'm functioning in the ego and not seeing it your way, then I'm really doing it out of ego and not being compassionate. The opposite of fear is love i need to be functioning more out of love with this than fear if i'm in love i'm going to be compassionate and is it is am i close to what you guys are talking about
1: yeah and look at this scott
6: that last sentence in that third
1: uh paragraph there says hence the theory of reversal that opposites produce each other depend on each other and complement each other so how many times if if i enter a conversation with a strong opinion what he's saying is that produces the opposite <laughs> so if i come into this thing all on one edge like the pendulum i come all the way over here what's going to happen it's going to swing back mm-hmm. so it's kind of taking that element out is part of that not being so divisive not so opinionated, not, you know, it was very difficult for me when I tried to stop voicing my opinion about everything. Just try sometime hearing a conversation or you have three or four people around and they're having a conversation and you just don't give your opinion, even though you may have a very strong opinion, but you just are quiet. That is very difficult or it is for me. I'm not making that pendulum swing. I'm not producing one that's going to produce the opposite. Tina, you have something?
3: Yeah, I think it's, I think it's, uh, has, you also need to ask yourself, why aren't you giving your opinion? If you're trying to be impartial, that's one thing. If you're trying, if you're afraid you're wrong, it's another, because that's also your ego. Um, If you're trying to people, please, you know, you don't want to give your opinion. So I think there's so many, like your motive. I'm always checking my motive uh, behind something because what I produce and say, you know, might look one way, but it's my motive that I really need to think about. Um, And I think we don't, we truly don't know people's motives, where they're coming from, and or even, I just think it goes so much deeper than what they say and do. Um, because we don't know their story, we don't know their background. But for me, when Craig was asking, what's the benefit? um, That was a good question that I have to always ask myself. And like what Rob said, it's things are based out of love or fear. Um, For me, it's usually fear, I think, because I haven't gotten to, unfortunately, the love, being motivated by love a lot yet, I think, I'm stuck there. I was told once, you really can't love others until you love yourself, but I'm still stuck there working on that part of me. Um, and But if you're standing back and listening, and, and and really honestly, for me, I have to, only in this past year have I thought, I may not have the right answer where I used to think I did. And um you know, when I was thinking about the I versus the not I, it's basically, there is no such thing because we're all one. We're all the same. We're all in the same plane. And it's like, uh, it's said, Native American uh, uh, saying is the left wing and the right wing belong to the same bird. What you do to one, it's we are all the same thing here and it's just a perceived feeling of right and wrong but there's so many answers nothing's black and white there's so it's like when they it's saying you know um then I do not really see it since if I begin from where I am and see it as I see it, then it may also become possible for me to see it as another sees it. Hence the theory of reversal that opposites produce each other, depend on each other, and complement each other. I can't find the part where it says, so once you look at the other way, there's many other possibilities. So there's so many facets, like a diamond or something, like there's so many facets in any way you look at it. And when really we're all just, we're all on the same journey, but it is so hard with today's political climate, because I, too, get on the defensive, and I think, why am I so passionate right now? And I think it's because other someone else gets passionate, and we feed off of that, and we're threatened, because what if I'm wrong? You know, my husband, I think, is one of the smartest people I know, and I refer to him for a lot of things, and so if he doesn't agree with me, I'm shaken, because then I, my whole world is rocked and I, and it's reminding me that he's just a person i'm just a person we're all just people and it it shouldn't shake who i am as a person on whether or not i feel like i have it down or not but it's hard it is really hard because we justify it you know how does it really matter in my mind, yeah, people's health are at risk. Um, this is at risk. You know, I personalize it to my mother-in-law with cancer, me with cancer. I, I have all these ways to justify why I'm right. And so to me, I'm right. And it is so hard because I was comparing this earlier to somebody saying people are so upset about mass when they oh, they drink and drive. How many people are so mad about Matt saying, if you don't wear a mask, you're putting us in danger. How many times have you got behind the wheel of a car drinking where you have put the community in danger? You know, I mean, back and forth, it's no different. It's just right now we are fixated, aided. Um, and, and I'm, I am one of them. So I can't, I can't be like, Oh, they're crazy. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I'm right there with them, but I have to talk to myself and, and realize how, that it, it is hard. This is a good story. It's the perfect timing for this one, buddy. Isn't it? It's good. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Thanks, Tina. Paul?
0: Yeah, I'd like to bring this around to recovery if I could. Um, I think I have a little bit of a unique perspective in that uh, I never did a formal recovery program. Uh, when I first got into recovery, a lot of people were pushing me to do AA. And so what I did is I looked into the program and I found some things that I liked about it. So I kind of just cherry picked a few things and I I did that with, with all the different recovery groups and I kind of cobbled together my own recovery program. Now I'm not saying that's for everybody, but that just was the way I wanted to go. And, um, I, I got some brushback from some AA people, especially early on. And I still, I still run into a lot of people that, that say it's either AA the AA way or whatever way they're working or the highway. And that if you're not doing A, B, and C in recovery, then you're not doing it correctly. Well, here I am doing it my way and I'm 11 plus years sober and it seems to be working for me. So uh, I'm not even going to get into that debate and I'm not going to engage those people. And, uh, you know, if, if it works for you, great. Uh, if you know, if it doesn't, then find something that does work for you. I'm a big proponent of, you know, find find whatever works for you and work it, no matter what it is. But just you know, don't don't tell me what I need to be doing because I'm doing just fine. So I just wanted to throw that out there. Thank
2: you, Paul. You're a, you're huh? a true pivotal man, Paul. You took, <laughs> you stood in the middle and you like looked at everything and you go, I want a little this, little this, little this, and you are a true pivotal man.
1: We all do that, whether we do it in the rooms or not, you know. (laughs) None of us work it exactly the way that we're told,
0: you know. But But some people let it get to them, and uh, I'm not one of those people. I just say, well, you know, like we said, I think everybody touched on it. Everybody has their own opinion, and I'm I'm probably not going to persuade you uh, to my side, so I'm not even going to attempt it. It's kind of futile. Well, what it is, I think, Paul,
1: is that we give up the need to persuade. You know, we we find out it's not important that you agree with me. That's no longer important, Um, and that's the big difference. Is because it used to be very important that you agreed with me for whatever. And I still don't have that all unpacked. I don't. I don't know if I ever will. But that's what has really shifted for me. And, and when I get in a conversation or I'm hearing a conversation that I might have some knowledge about, it's getting easier and easier just not to put my opinion in there, you know, unless it's going to be, benefit someone in some way. If it is, then so be it. But if not, okay, they can have their conversation without my input. You know, it's not necessary. So that's, that's one of the big differences. Um, how about in this next paragraph? The uh, right turns into wrong and wrong into right. The flow of life alters circumstances. And thus things themselves are altered in their turn. So it's the flow of life altering circumstances. So the circumstances are going on. We try not to judge the circumstance. And this is why I invited Scott today. He has a very applicable circumstance going on that I thought we could use as our very practical example. He didn't know I was going to do this to him. A very practical example. Scott, tell us what's going on with your work.
6: Um, okay, cool. Thanks. Thanks for that, buddy. And that's. I'm glad that you guys bring this up. So I'm trying, uh, I was let go from my state job a couple weeks ago. Um, And so I'm trying to decide what to do. I have a state job. had a state job and I also do a private practice counseling. And so the state job was pretty good money, easy money, really. And um, July 31st, my last day. So I'm trying to decide what to do next. Um, Do I go create more business? Do I reach out to other therapists? Do I um, or do I just kind of sit back or do I en- encourage other therapists and try to help them and how to create their business to help them part of part of the program that I work. i um, helping other people. If I help other people, I'm going to get help. It's always been good for me. If, if the, the mantra for me is if I'm discouraged, I'm going to go encourage somebody else hundred percent of the time. It's always worked for me. So um, now I'm trying to decide what to do for work. Do I create more clients or do I help other therapists create more clients? And then I get a bunch of clients. So anyway, does that answer your question, buddy? Does that give a general description?
1: Yeah, you know, this is a real life example of how you would apply this. And there's a lot of people in this situation. So I just thought we could, I don't have any answers. I just thought we could talk about it and see uh, uh, how this yes and no, this hard and fast could apply to Scott's situation with his work because he has no idea what really to do with this yet.
6: So the other thing is I don't want to create, I don't want to create drama. I don't want to create disaster. I want to, I don't want to get into something that's not right. Not the right direction. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't want to just fuck shit up. How's that? You know, (laughs) better. I just want, I want to do this. My program's way, you know, the way the universe is going to come. I don't want to create my own universe and all this stuff.
1: Scott's a very good Christian counselor, too, by the way. (laughs) Yeah. I'm just just messing with you. That's okay. Uh, Comments, guys? Anybody got anything for Scott?
4: Great, great topic. Thank you. Yeah, I've got a personal life situation. So I'm behind you about, I don't know, seven months. I was in a federal position. To, it's also government. And i have been a project manager for pretty much 30 years, both in construction then IT. And I was facing a... They were closing down the office. And before... And don't... This is not I did it right or I did it wrong or anything. it's is my story. Before, the harder I worked at defining my goal and trying to pound a square peg into a round hole and just forcing it the worst of mess I made of my career. Because if I look back, it's going to be, it's going to happen the way it's supposed to happen, the way it's supposed to happen, when it's supposed to happen, and I need need to learn to live with that. I really don't have much control. It doesn't mean I sit around and uh, feel sorry for myself and just eat chocolate on the couch, but it, this this worked out for me. Um, enough people quit. I wound up getting picked up. I'm now an accountant. I'm in an accounting series. I got to get a new certification. I have no idea what I'm doing. I don't know what a pivot table is. You guys are doing pivots, and I'm like pivot. Oh, pivot tables. I'm learning those. That's an Excel thing. In case you guys don't know that. That I, I'm just now learning it. But it's working out. It's like okay. Because, one, I don't have any control over it. I, I can choose what clothes I'm going to wear if they're clean. And even that's kind of iffy. So why would I think that I can actually pick the right career? <laughs> right? So it just, boom, everybody else was all fretting And I finally had to go, okay, no, I'm not going to go nuts here anymore. Because all I'm doing is threatening my sobriety and my sanity here. This is stupid. And I actually put it into action. And then, you know, time went and... Boom. They offered me this job. It's not what I would have chosen, but who cares? What do, how many times have I been right in the past 30 years on my choices? Right? Anyway, it's like, okay. And it all worked out. Now, again, I'm not saying just just let go like God. I'm not one of those guys. You've know, you got to do stuff. I put out 118 applications. Turns out none of those really went anywhere, but I still had to go through the motions. Um, and it worked out and I'm at peace and yeah, it's not really what I I like, but I'm making myself like it. I like it because it's a paycheck and I didn't have to switch agencies. So anyway, I don't know if that makes sense, but hang in there. I feel for you. Like I say, I'm right behind you and, um, you know, is there a wrong decision? No, I don't think so. (laughs) I think whatever decision works, you know, How about this part
1: of uh, the disputants, the debate, the disputants that uh, they continue to affirm and deny the same things they have always affirmed and denied, ignoring the new aspects of reality presented by the change in conditions. You know, we don't pay, we can't see the change because we're so set in what in our thinking. We're not open-minded enough to see it, Marla. And I'll go to Craig.
2: Two words: climate change. Do not get. Yeah, that's all I'm going to say. You just spoke to it, Craig.
5: Okay, so at the risk of sounding like Duncan Banatine off the Dragons Den, here's where I am. You never watched that? No. Okay. Right. So, Scott, this is this is where I'm. Um, this is what's happened to me recently. And it's just funny this is all happening. I've walked away from a taekwondo business. And it's a business I've been a part of for the past ten years. And I find it incredibly easy to let go of it because it's something that's been put in my path. It's happened for a reason. And I've got two options. I can sit and fight about why I should stay. And I could or I could surrender to the fact that this is this is what's happening and I'm going. So I've I've left I've left the business. I've actually found it incredibly easy because I'm starting to trust my program. And I say I'm starting to trust my program. I've had I've had faith in my program for a long time. I think it's having a, there's a difference between having faith and actually having trust in my program to know that it's going to work. I'm now at the stage where I know that nothing's happening for a reason. The decision, the, the, the choice I now have to make is, you know, what's God going to put in my life now? And who am I to who who am I to go against it? I can I've reached the stage of just complete surrender. And what comes next is gonna come next and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna resist it. I don't think I'm gonna get put in a situation where I'm gonna to have to be doing anything nefarious for money. I'm not gonna to have to go and sell my body or anything like that for money. It's um although I may make a couple of pounds, doubt it. But um yeah, I'm i I'm just really gonna do the next right thing. I know what I want to do. And what I want to do is um, there's a meeting. There's a meeting on in the hospital on a Tuesday night, which is a night that I train. And there's been people at me for a while to go, to go and help them out with that. That's what I've kind of got planned. So I'm kind of thinking that this other job's been put out of the way to create space for this other job. And I know that I can help a lot of people in that other place. And I'm not doing it for money, which is going to be a massive difference. I can actually help people. And it's like it says, the benefits will reap themselves. I think if God's pushing you in one direction, then I would I would go with it. Um, that's and, and how, that's as that's as close as that's as close to advice as, as, I, as I'm ever going to give. It's awesome. just a personal experience as to where I'm, and it's been a very difficult decision. Not arguing about it, and my wife's cracking up because she's like, you know, you, you know, you you should be digging your heels and you should be doing this, that, now. That. I'm like, like you know, what's the payoff for me getting angry and upset about what's going on? Do a fourth step on it. What's the payoff? There is no payoff. So I can, the solution is I can surrender and I can do the next right thing and I can just do what, do what God's going to put in front of me.
1: Well, you know, Greg, also too, I think from our conversation about that, you didn't realize if it's money that you're looking at with mm-hmm. that, you really weren't making a lot of money once you paid the stuff and the time and everything that was involved with it. So. Yeah, that's right.
5: So that's, that's, that's one of the pillars of my sobriety. The, the, the five areas that I focus on is, is my physical, my emotional, my mental, my spiritual, and my financial sobriety. And if one of those things is affecting the other thing, then I need to stop and have a look and see what I need to do about it. And if I need to let something go in order to, to make to make sure my, my sobriety is protected, and at the forefront of, of my life, then that's that's what I need to do.
1: Thanks, Craig. Um, the wise man, therefore, instead of trying to prove this or that point by logical uh, disputation, sees all things in the light of direct intuition. He's not imprisoned by the limitation of I. For the viewpoint of direct intuition is that of both I and not I. I'm at the top of the second page. Hence, he sees that on both sides of every argument, there is both right and wrong. He also sees that in the end, they're reducible to the same thing. Once they're related to the pivot of the Tao. When the wise man grasps his pivot, he's in the center of the circle. And there he stands while yes and no pursue each other around the circumference. The pivot of the Tao passes through the center where all affirmations and denials converge. He who grasps the pivot is at the still point from which all movement and opposition can be seen in their right relationship. Hence, he sees the limitless possibilities of both yes and no, abandoning all thought of imposing a limit or taking sides. He rests in direct intuition, therefore... I said, better to abandon disputation and seek the true light. He can rest in direct intuition when you abandon opposing and taking sides. So how would you apply that to Scott's situation? Well, first, open-mindedness. A lot of surrender of fear a lot of page 84. Paul, what do you have? Sir? Yeah, I
0: was just going to say it all comes down to letting go and or surrender again, doesn't it? Just like all the rest of this stuff does.
1: Every time, Paul, every time. It never changes. That's the thing. This does not change. The the, the uh, solutions. always the same. It's turning our will and our life over to the care of God. Actually, This whole process helps us to do that a little more. When we have situations like this, it's like praying for patience and get a line to stand in. Scott's praying for his will and life to be turned over to the care of God and he loses a job. What do you think that's going to do for you turning your will and your life over to God's care? It's going to help you to do it. Because that's another thing out of Scott's care that he's having to turn over to God's care. And, you know, it's one thing to pray that and think that. It's another thing to live it. And so he's, have, he's having to live it and then see it work out. Um, I think gratitude would really help me with that as well. Gratitude would help in, uh, in learning how to, how to do that, how to, uh, how to take care of that kind of a situation. That's where I would begin and be that observer and not have these hard and fast rules set up. Anything else, guys, Craig?
5: I think it's just going to be a, a classic example of practicing these principles in all your affairs. Yeah. So, you know, am, I willing, am I willing to do this now? Am I willing to do this now that my back's against the wall? You know, or am I, you know, am I going to resort to my old, my old behaviors and just, just start panicking, just making wrong decisions based on, based on my will?
1: Based
4: on fear?
5: Mm-hmm. Yep. Rob? What
4: alternative do I have? Really. Exactly. I mean, what's my alternative? Throw my fists in the air and scream at the mean old guy upstairs, it's making my life uncomfortable. That's gonna change a whole lot of stuff, right? It's gonna make me mad. <laughs> Discontent, irritable, and generally a mess, a horrible human. I know it's easier said than done, but I've, I, I've actually had some pretty shitty stuff going the last year. And so I think I've a little bit of a right to go, yeah, this stuff works. And that's the thing I tell the new guys. It's like, it works. It works.
1: Well, it was like Tina was talking about learning to love herself. For me, Tina, the way I learned to love myself was by loving others because they are me. We're all the same. So, you know, that goes back to that same adage of when I help you, I'm helping me. And for me, that's how, because as long as I was focusing on me, nothing changed. But when I started helping you, everything changed. So that, that for me, that's how that worked. And the same thing, uh, you know, listening to Scott and Scott just texted me his computer died. So he'll, he'll listen to this on the podcast. And he said, thank you for uh, I'm, I'm sure he's very appreciative for for all the uh, suggestions. But uh, for me, um, when I was listening to him talk about it, I saw where his heart was 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 in helping some. He's got some ideas there that we did not hear on helping some other people with their practices. So. If I were him, that's probably where I would start while I was looking and seeing what other opportunities were available for me, uh, that's where I would I would start because I, I could tell from his conversation he was telling he was already talking about what he wanted to do, so that's where I would begin if it were me and make sure I was surrendering the fear and uh, learning how to take that to the next level.
0: And you know him, him losing that job might just be the best thing that ever happened to him.
1: Yeah, he's had it for a number of years, too. This isn't a new job. He's had this job for a long time. So, uh, But it's, you know, we say it's COVID-related, but uh, there are no mistakes. I still don't think there are mistakes, COVID or no COVID. I think it's just that when we let go enough to see the flow, it's like the water going down the stream. It's always going no matter what the circumstances are around it, it's going down the stream. I mean, we can either jump in and go where it's going. It might be going a place we weren't expecting. But as long as we stay out in the stream, you know, and, and, and keep our feet up, <laughs> hopefully we can just keep floating on with it, you know, keeping the flow of what's going on. And I think that's the whole idea is that get rid of that, I, me, and mine, us four, and no more, and you and me, and all the divisive business. And just get to a place to where we can see what's really going on instead of just being stuck in our small ideas. Not able to see anything except that. So that's where the intuitiveness comes in, I think. Anything else, guys? Kate, you've been quiet today, dear. Everything good? Good yeah okay all
2: right namaste kate yes oh that is by the way that that is the true meaning of not this this whole pivot chapter is the true meaning of namaste it's i see your point of view you see my point of view namaste i honor that yeah
1: yeah it's important well it was, that's the thing that we you know that's the thing that recovery's really brought to me marla is that I am you, you are me, you know, that whole idea of us, that connectedness that I never thought was there before.
2: Me neither. Me neither. It was really enlightening to hear uh, the thoughts in my head coming out of other people's people's voices. made me normal.
1: It was me against the
5: world.
2: Yeah.
1: Not me for the world.
5: That, that reminds me of something we spoke about earlier on, maller in the Nella meeting. We were talking about spiritual rapport. I, f- I find I, f- I find having a, I find I've connected spiritually with more people in recovery than I have ever.
2: Because we're stud- we need re- we need spirituality, so we're connecting on that level. Yep. Like, nor- people out there don't want it. They, I, think definitely-
5: I, th- I think it's because I think it's because there's that genuine connection because we know. That we're all here for the same thing. We've all got the exact same thing to gain. We're not trying to. There's, there's never this competition between people that's in recovery. There's never a case of I, I want this. I want this more than you. You know, it's just a case of, we're here for the same reason. How can I help you? You know,
2: that's yep. why the fellowship works. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, it's about the fellowship, not about the dogma.
5: Yeah, and it's like this like bosses. You can you can work you can work a program. You can not work a program as long as you nine nine ninety five percent is turning up.
2: And be kind.
5: Be kind and play of Crush.
3: So you know you have something there. Yeah, um, a couple of thoughts I had about something for Scott uh, reminded me of, and sometimes I'm I'm brought back to Neil Donald Walsh who. I've never really been able to get into his um his book Conversations with God. However, um that's a great example of just because I don't I haven't been able to relate to his book at this point in my life doesn't mean I can't pull the things like Paul was saying from AA. I can't pull the things that work for me um from him. And as soon as I cut something off it Shuts the sunlight of the spirit off for me if I say, nope, not don't like him, then where am I? You know, he's everybody has something to offer no matter what or who you are what walk of life you're from. Um, When I saw him speak and. He said the main thing, and he was wasn't doing well health wise. And he said, "I gotta go." He said, "Read read this chapter. This is what I'm trying to say here." But the one thing I guys I want you to know is that your problems have already been solved for you. And I found so much comfort in that, um, is what I was thinking of for Scott. That, and it would for any of us that go through something, it's this has been solved. Everything's taken care of. We're just not there yet or see it yet and it just made me feel like it was i felt that i felt the way when somebody said you know tina you're not responsible for the world's happiness or for everybody's happiness it was a similar feeling like nobody has told me that before i didn't know that and now i know um so it's in yeah just, uh, stopping me from cutting myself off from the sunlight of the spirit in terms of nope if this is what i'm looking for if i'm looking for you know, a certain kind of tree. And I'm like, nope, 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 nope. There it is. I've missed all those other trees. So if you're looking to just reaffirm your own beliefs, you're missing so much. And that's what this has taught me about trying to be able to see somebody else's point of view. And it's hard because it goes against every instinctual fiber in my body. (laughs) Oh, it does, because I have to
1: show love to them. I have to show compassion and kindness to do that, Tina. I have to show understanding, rather than, it's the St. Francis prayer. Really, I seek to uh, uh, understand them to be understood. It's exact, it's the same thing. Yeah, that's good. Thank you. Anyone else? All right, guys, I appreciate you. Oh. Did y'all enjoy Sensei last week? Did y'all enjoy him? I can get him once a month, he said, if I if I wanted to. So let's talk about it in future, you know, and just see what we want to do.
2: Martha, I, I sent you a suggestion about uh, taking a verse like the pivot and taking it apart with him. Maybe I would love that.
1: that. I think that would be good. Uh, I think we could uh, we could for sure do that. So. Okay. Uh, I'll talk to him and see when he could. What's a good Thursday for him to to figure out that he could do this every month, and we'll start planning. And I wanted to ask him things like, "Is it can I be conservative and still follow in? I don't know. All of them I meet are all super liberal, right? They're all like real liberal. I'm like, that's not me. I'm hoping I don't have to change my start voting Democrat to be as. <laughs> Oh, my God, would that work? What were we I'm, talking about today? huh? Uh,
2: pivoting. I don't know. Have, no
1: application, would
2: it?
5: <laughs> I, I posted that meeting to the to the Recovery Elevator um, podcast page, yeah. and I joined a meeting the next day. And just as I joined, Paul Churchill and a couple of other guys were sat talking about that meeting, and they were saying how phenomenal it was he was just he really was just so inspirational i'm still struggling to take an exact i'm on my third listening um i'm i'm still picking up new stuff i think he was absolutely fantastic so uh, thanks thanks for organizing that buddy. That was great and it really, it really would be good to see him again
1: He's a great guy, so we'll we'll kind of plan ahead and make sure. My apologies too, because I thought he was coming this week. Is my mistake? He just pops up and I wasn't. Yeah, I'd been thinking about him last Thursday. Don't talk. Well, when he comes on, ask this and this. So mentally, I was all, I was preparing, but I had no idea he was last Thursday. My apologies. It, that was totally my fault. So
2: okay, it was fun. Okay. We went we went with
1: the flow. We did, we did. So well, you guys have a great week, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks, buddy. Bye.